Amen and amen and amen and amen. Thank you very much for joining us. My name is Pastor Willie Odendo and I'm glad to be bringing to you the word. Joined to you by the famous Father's Band and the lovely Miss Ngatia. So give them a hand down there so that they know their labor is not in vain. They've been here since early in the morning until right now. So give them a good hand there, down there. Give them a hand. There's Gitwamba, there's Josh, there's Kitome, there's Ngatia. And even the ones who are not there, there's Saveria. The ones we cannot see but are here. Whoever you know that is in the Father's Band, celebrate them. Now we want to speak for the wisdom for the end times. You know, many of us, uh, we don't know that we are living in dangerous times. And one of the things that happens as people begin to pursue their destiny, there is something called mediocrity. And mediocrity is a word that speaks of the middle settlement. Many people fall in the middle. There is always a lot of people who have the passion to start, but they lack the tactic of surviving the middle. From Tuesday, we are going to be six months into the year. And for many of us, as we get into the sixth middle period of the year, we begin to become what we were. We begin to say, well, the prophecy has not come. And we begin to retrogress back. As a pastor, this is when I lose most of our people. This is when our girls go wild and our boys become foolish. But this year, 2021, I have decided that I am going to be ahead of the curve so that we don't lose people in the middle. Hear me. The prophecy for the year is sure. What you sow is connected to your harvest. But the Bible says don't grow weary in doing good. The tactic of the enemy is to wear you out in the middle so that you walk away from the harvest of the seed that you have planted. And that is why I'm coming with this word and I'm going to be running throughout the week in our Jira conference starting on Tuesday to let you know that right in the middle is when you should be bathing. What happens in the middle? I love it. I love it because I have seen it over and over again that there are people who could have become more, but they got lost in the middle. And that is what we call mediocrity, settling in the middle, middle living, middle thinking, middle playing. And many of us who go out to climb rock, to climb, uh, to climb mountains, Everybody begins with passion. We are going up the mountain. And everybody takes pictures at the bottom saying we are climbing Mount Kenya. We are climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. And everybody is excited. And we gather at the foot of the mountain with our bags and our stunners and our water. And then we start climbing and climbing and climbing. But as we get to the middle, the reality begins to hit us that mountain climbing is is not for everybody. When we get to the middle, the, the test now moves from external to internal. When we get to the middle, you are far from where you started, but that is not where you are intending to go. And that is the danger of middle thinking. You just want to be far from where you started, but you are not where you are intended to be. And so you just settle for where you are. You are just far from where you started. You never actually go for why you intended 
intended to go that far. Wow. So you look down and see, oh, we are 2,000 feet above sea level. We can see far. We can see this. We can see that. But my body is too tired. I can't take it anymore. My heart is too tired. My mind is too tired. And that is where the word mediocrity was found. The middle of the rock. That's what mediocrity is. And many of us become mediocre people because we climb the mountain and just because you are slightly above sea level, you are slightly above the average person that you are, you begin to congratulate yourself and say, well, at least I am not where I was. At least things are not the way they used to be. At least now I know two verses and two church members. But that is the most dangerous place you can be. That is the most dangerous place you can be to be in the middle and Jesus says it even in the book of Revelation that I wish you were hot or cold because Jesus does not even want you lukewarm and he says the taste of lukewarm the taste of the middle is so distasteful in his mouth that in the churches in Revelation the only church that he says I will spew out is the middle and many of us who are playing with the middle many of us who are saved enough to become gossipers or saved enough to become slanderers or saved enough to become members of the church but you're not disciples of the church you're not disciples of Christ those of us who are just saved enough in the name of I'm saved for heaven this is the most dangerous time to live and I'll be going straight into the word so that I can bring you to understand that you don't have to settle in the middle uh -huh. because there are things that happen in the middle that if you're able and that's why in this country there are those people we call midlife crisis you are not at the end of your life but you have already found there's a crisis that happens in the middle there are people who we call the middle class citizen the middle class citizen they are the most hardest because they are hardly organized they have some little money they complain about everything they fight on twitter they begin their revolutions on twitter because they believe that they can create a revolution with their phone but there is a power that should be working in you who is listening to me and I'm speaking to you not just as your pastor but I'm speaking to you as a man sent from God to warn you that we are right in the middle and right here in the middle is where you can you can lose everything and so I've come to give you the wisdom to survive the middle because for many of us the middle unfortunately shall be your end this is the last time we shall see you as you are. So I'll, I'll, I'll read a verse here uh, from uh, Ephesians 5 and Matthew 24, and then I'll just go at it until I'm tired. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 8, it says, For you were once darkness. You are not in darkness. You were once darkness but now you are light in the lord walk as children of the light that is to tell you when you became a christian you became light mm. you didn't just come into the light mm. you became light mm. and light should shine in darkness and darkness does not have the power to restrain light when it is shining Verse 9 puts it out this way. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, wow. righteousness, and truth. So people of the light are people of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And the fruit of their Spirit is all goodness. Mm -hmm. All goodness. 
and righteousness and truth. So what happens is that when people get to the middle, they lose the appetite for all goodness. They lose the appetite for all righteousness and they lose the appetite for all truth. And the Bible moves on to say, and finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship, check this out, with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. So darkness is an environment of unfruitfulness. Darkness is an atmosphere of unfruitfulness. Now, darkness is not just an atmosphere. We have seen that darkness is a person and light is a person. Mm -hmm. There are people who are darkness. Mm -hmm. They don't walk in darkness. They are darkness. Immediately you walk into their fellowship, you become unfruitful. You enter into a cycle of unfruitfulness in the works that you're doing. It moves on to say, for it is shameful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things are exposed and made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is the light. So light is the manifesting power that God has placed in you. So when you walk in the light, you walk in the capacity to manifest what God has put in you. So if God has put a gift in you, you need light to manifest it. Now you move down there, it says... Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Then verse 15, that is where we want to start. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand the will of God. So, in evil days... It is the wise that prevail. Uh -huh. In evil times, it is the wise that prevail. And if you don't know the characteristics of the wise, then evil days will prevail against you. Oh, this is uh -huh. wonderful. And so many people who die in the middle is because they don't have the wisdom for the middle. So for you to walk as those in the light, it means don't walk as fools, but walk circumspectively, not as fools, but as wise. Uh -huh. And that now brings me to the book of Matthew, because Jesus here, he talks of a time that shall come when people shall actually think it is the end. And when people shall think it is the end, they shall lose some wisdoms and they shall take some other wisdoms. We see here in the book of Matthew that the Bible says, Matthew 24 and verse number 4, Jesus says that and answered and said unto them, take heed that no one deceives you. So in the last days, in the middle times, there will be many people who are targeting you with deceptions. So in the last times, when you're in the middle, like you're in June right now, don't fear the devil, fear deceivers. Yeah. There are more deceivers in the middle because there are people who can make the middle feel like the end. There are people who can make foolishness feel like wisdom. There are people who can make you conveniently live below the privilege that God has given you by how they package the middle. And it moves on to verse number five here. And I'll read from here. For many will come in my name. That is how the deceivers come. You know, I'm also a Christian. You know, I'm also like this. And saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. So middle 
living is death by deception. You see, in deception, you cooperate with your destroyer. In deception, you lend your power to your destroyer. And what will give the deceiver power? I like this. It's because you're right in the middle and the Bible says this is it. And you will hear of wars. And guess what? And rumors of wars. So we see there are wars and there are rumors of wars. And when you hear of, and of these wars and rumors, the intention is to do what? See that you are not troubled. The one way that people get deceived is by rumors. Rumors. When people hear rumors, they begin to trouble you. And I'll show you how you begin to degenerate. Because when you begin to be troubled, you are now on the point of, wow, I have had this. And that is why I'm going after this right now. Because you will spend your energy on the wrong war. And Jesus is saying, see that no one troubles you. For all these things must come to pass. But guess what? But the end is not yet. You know, there are people who feel like, as I am fighting you, I am bringing your end. But if you are a child of God, you should know a war is not your end. If you are a child of God, you should know a war is not your end. Your end, if the aim is to trouble you so that you think it is your end. But if you are a child of God, you should know that a war is not your end. You may be battling in business, you may be battling in marriage, you may be battling in relationships, you may be battling even with private addictions. But whatever you are fighting with, some People will hear of the war, your personal war, and they will take that war and start a rumor with that war. And so the war will be that you have a real war and the rumors that are coming as a result of that war. If you are a child of God, that is to make you die in the middle because the end is not yet. And I don't know who I'm speaking to. I want to tell you that this is not the end yet. Just because you have not yet seen the manifestation of the promise and you've been battling from January to June and there is nothing tangible to show, you are actually counting your days and saying, I am done. I want to tell you a war is a sign that the end is not yet. Because if it was the end, it would not be a war. If it was the end, there would not be a war. A war is a sign that somebody or something is seeking your cooperation by troubling you. And that is why if you are a member of Lightpool Chapel, or you are my son, or you are my daughter, or whichever way you receive me, I want you to know now, this is not the time for you to accept to be troubled. This is not the time for people to bring you battles and challenges that people are going through. This is not the time for somebody to bring to you a war that so and so is going through this. This is the time for you to know that you've got to be wise, because those who are bringing wars and rumors of war. The Bible says all wars begin by hearing and all wars are perpetuated by rumors but this should not trouble you. You will hear of things of war on this side and trouble on this side and things going haywire on this side and somebody losing this but that is not supposed to trouble you. You ought to know that when I'm in the middle there is a lot of war. Not only is it a lot of war, there is a lot of rumors. And as you are going, 
and I warn you as a man of God, don't find entertainment in finding what people are battling with. It is a time to be targeted by trouble. The enemy starts troubling you by rumors of war and making you hear. There are people who walked away from this ministry seven years ago when they heard this has happened or we didn't have this or we didn't have that. And when they heard it, they thought they cannot survive this. They are going nowhere. They are dead. It is over. And now they can see seven years later that we have stood the test of time. The war, when it troubled them, they left when there was war. And now they are seeing what God has done through the same, same place that they walked out of because they thought war has brought an end. But war did not bring an end. Those who refused to be troubled, now they are standing. They have tangible manifestations of what God can do with them. The wisdom for the middle is don't accept to be troubled. Ah, come on. Don't accept to be troubled. Be the switcher off. Let nobody bring to you, oh, so and so is this and so. Be the turning off and say, ah, no, 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 no. Because the aim is this, to make you rise against others. For nations will rise against nations, and kingdoms will rise against kingdoms. And there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places because the enemy has known that I cannot destroy you without making you rise up against you. I have to find the cooperating point. So I will bring a war to make you arise against others. Ah, come on. We are not called to fight. We are called to build. The Bible says all these are the beginning of sorrows. Spare your energy. <laughs> spare your energy. For the middle, spare your energy. Because the energy you are using fighting against your brother, fighting against your sister, you need it. It's just the beginning. Aye. And you, you are fighting as though it's the end. Oh, I've heard Bishop is going through this, or I've heard Josh is going through this, and you feel like, no, this is the time. You don't know. You are spending your energy at the beginning. And you are losing out. Because instead of you investing and building, you are focusing on the wrong premium. Verse number nine, we have to move quickly. Then, when they get to a place, when they find that you can no longer be troubled, they come to the second place. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation. Because when they cannot fight from the outside, they begin to fight you from the inside. And now they begin to deliver you up to tribulation with the intention of killing you. And what is the purpose? You will be hated by all nations. You know, there's a time that will come. People will now be asking, you still go to that church? You still go to that church. You still worship with those people. You still do this because they want to provoke so that you don't want to be hated. But hear me, the Jesus that we preach, the gospel that we preach, it is not a popular gospel. The gospel that we preach, it is not a popular gospel, but it is a powerful gospel. Now you have to choose whether you want to move with the popular or the powerful. If you want to be powerful, you've got to survive some hate. I say you've got to survive some hate. You've got to survive some hate. They will bring you out and they will want you to be hated. 
For my name's sake, it is not about you. And this is the wisdom for the middle. In the middle, don't fall for false affection. Hear me and hear me well. I've been in this game for a while. The intention of the enemy is to make you lawless. Keep reading. As he's delivering you, the Bible says, and then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Because when people get to the middle, they turn against one another. They say, I told you to carry the bottle of water. I told you. And people, as people begin to be paranoid, they begin to lose focus. And as they begin to lose focus, they begin to see, I am not moving far because of my friend, because of you. You are the one who made me not to be able to do this. And this is a time when you are in the middle. Oh, come on. Come on. And so in the middle, you've got to be keen. You've got to be keen that you don't allow, don't fall for the trap. Because being praised by betrayers is not a, a trophy. It is not a victory. The Bible says here, I love how it puts it here, it says, for nations will rise against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms. And because of this rising, there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginnings of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulations and many will be offended. Mm. Hear me. The enemy needs you offended. Mm. You being offended is the starting point for you to become an agent of the devil. Mm -hmm. There can never be a fight without offense. Mm -hmm. And many will be offended. And because of offense, mm -hmm. will begin to betray one another. I, I, I saw this. I know this. I can do this. Because the enemy wants us to kill one another in the middle. Mm -hmm. By planting offenses. Ah, come on. By planting offenses, but he has a strategy. Don't he has a strategy. He is working his way upwards. And many will be offended and will betray one another. Right now, in the middle, you have to guard your relationships. Right now, in the middle, you have to be keen about your relationships because the enemy wants to turn you and use relationships to make you rise up against another, betray another, hate another, because he knows if you can get to the end, we are heading somewhere, if we can get to the end, the end is not yet. All this is a scheme to keep us from doing what we should be doing to the end. From the point of offense, he now introduces somebody, resonance, verse 11. It says, when the people are offended, in verse 11, then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. You see, this is not the time to listen to everybody. This is not the time that, well, now, right now, because I worship from home, everybody can teach me, oh, I, I, this pastor said, and, and this pastor said, and, and this pastor said, because the plan of the enemy is to introduce a false prophet a false voice, a false authority in your life, a false guide in your life. And once he has introduced a false guide, as they rise, they rise by the power of deception. The wisdom for now is not that now you should be listening to many. Because hear me, 
false prophets are many. And they will rise up and the target is to deceive you. You see, once you are offended, if you are looking for a voice that validates your anger, you are caught up in a false prophet. If you are offended and you are looking for a voice that validates your rebellion, because the fruit of false prophets is this, verse number 12 is that they make it lawless. The Bible says, and because of false prophets, lawlessness will abound and the love of many will grow cold. This is where we want to work now. You see, in the middle, in the middle, your target is your love. Your love for God will grow cold. Your love for what you are taught will grow cold. And because love, when love grows cold, lawlessness abounds. Yeah. When you loved God, you loved order. When you loved God, you loved the church. When you loved God, you honored men of God. When you loved God, you honored your tithes. You honored your vows. But when you get to the middle and you begin to see that now I can hear this prophet has told me I can't do this. And you don't know their source. Their target and the truth, the, the test and the root of bringing deception is your life, in your life is to target your love. Many people know. That the only thing I can do is to make you stop loving the bishop. And as you stop, hear me, the love you have for the work of God, for the word of God, for the things of God. Once that love is withdrawn, don't think you continue loving. You are taken over by a lawlessness, a rebellion, a disobedience, an ability not to work the work that God has ordained for you. And lawlessness will abound and the love of many will grow cold. Look at the people whose love has grown cold. Trace their lives and see if they are doing much better than when they had the love for God. Look at the people, because you have got to know this, that the great commission that we were given, where we are heading towards, it wasn't supposed to work in independence. Uh, the great commission was never supposed to work in independence. Uh, Jesus, in Matthew 28, as he's finishing, he tells his disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. So you have got to know this, that on the earth, the only way to have advancement and advantage is by having authority and power. You cannot advance on the earth without authority. And that authority, Jesus does not say, I have taken. He says, it is given. Uh, mm -hmm. So you cannot walk in authority on the earth without first asking who has given you authority. Mm -hmm. Many believers are struggling in their lives because they don't want to walk in given authority. Mm -hmm. Spiritual power, respect, given authority. If you operate an authority that is not given but taken, you are operating under a false spirit. Oh, come on. That is why David could have the anointing of a king but go and serve as a shepherd because he had to wait until the authority was given. So you can have the anointing, but if the authority has not been given, you are operating in lawlessness. 
You can have the money, but if the authority has not been given, you are operating in lawlessness. You are using your money to make the love of many to grow cold. And that is why we rebuke those people who behave in a manner that they are bigger than the church because they have money than the church or because they know something about somebody. The sin of a person does not elevate you above that person. Ah, come on. The lawless one will come and will target the love of many. And when you see people, you'll see the women say, but I am a woman. I have feelings. And your feelings are not above the authority of scripture. Oh, I am a man. I am your manhood is not the authority of above the authority of scripture. The only way you can function in the authority of a man is when you walk in the given authority of scripture. If the authority, because you have got to know this, the Holy Spirit is not coming to empower your madness. The Holy Spirit is not coming to join your coup. The Holy Spirit is not coming to join the revolt. The Holy Spirit is coming to grow your love, to, to make warm your love, to spread your love, to increase your love, so that you can be able to do the will of God and the work of God. Jesus said in Matthew 28 that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. So you cannot walk in authority that is not given. And that is why you're struggling trying to gain influence. That is why you're struggling trying to bring this and trying to do that. You feel like if I know the, the offense of the other, the sin of the other, they will help me be able to break through. But that is not how God works. God works in given authority. And how is that authority happening? It says, for you to be walking in given authority he says go and that's command you cannot operate in authority if you cannot be commanded you cannot function in authority if you cannot be commanded he says go and this is what will kill the love of many the enemy wants to keep you offended so that you cannot be commanded and a soldier that cannot be commanded has ceased to be a soldier he is now a rebel he is now a dissident Oh, come on. It says there that, Matthew 28, that not only does he say go into all the world, he says and preach the gospel and, and heal the sick and do this, and he says teaching them. Hear me. You cannot walk in authority without being taught. He says, go therefore and make disciples of nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because God does not give his authority to people who are not disciples. Come on. And for many of us, it is the discipling process that kills your love. Because many of us come with a lawlessness. And because of the lawlessness, the discipleship, the, the root one for disciple is discipline. So you cannot walk in authority without discipleship. It is the discipleship of God that breaks the rebellion that came with you when you came to Jesus. So when you are in the middle, it is your discipline that keeps you. When you are in the middle, it is your discipleship that keeps you. So your discipleship is tested in the middle. Not when you are starting. In the middle is when your discipleship is tested because at that time you are tempted to be lawless. That time you want to take the reins of control from the leader, from the, from the leading of the Holy Spirit. You want to say, me, I'm going down, I'm not going up. But the Bible says, teaching them to observe 
all things that I have commanded you. You cannot walk in authority without teaching. And you cannot be a disciple who cannot be taught. You cannot come for my blessing and not my teaching. They are together. The blessing and the teaching work together. Eh? Hello? You see, many people, when they sit around a grace, they feel like it is only the good that works. So they can violate the teaching because the good works. Jesus says this, whatever I have taught you, they are commanded. So he says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, not suggested to you. So a teaching is training you to respond to command. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That they may observe all that I have commanded you. So spiritual power does not work in people who cannot be commanded. And who are the people who cannot be commanded? The troubled, the offended, and those who now, whose love has grown cold. You can't command those people. Hey. I have seen in my life that people will come, strangers will come and pick a grace and run with it when they are still in the posture of being commanded. And then they go, go, they meet two, three people, they laugh with two, three girls here. Suddenly, because those girls see them as gifted or rich or something, suddenly they begin to feel like, I am better than the teacher. Let us go and kill the teacher so that I can teach. But the truth of the matter is this. Jesus is saying, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So in the end, whoever is teaching you determines what shall be with you. Hello. It is the offended. It is those whose love has grown cold. It is those who are troubled that cannot be commanded. Come on. If we want to break through 2021, my job is not to be a dispenser of points. Oh, teach me, teach me, teach me more, teach me more. My job is not to dispense points. My job is to program you to respond to commands. So that when God speaks, you can respond appropriately. Yes. I, uh, if someone was not taught to say, here I am, speak to me, Lord, he will not know how to respond to that command. Come on, come on. There are a lot of independent Bible reading Christians teaching themselves madness and you walk into their lives, you're seeing pestilence and poverty and scarcity and they are so oppressed. And you're wondering, how come that tongue-talking person is not breaking through? You're not breaking through because you are not responding to command. You want to be in an environment, so you have created, the Bible says, in the last days, they will appoint teachers for themselves who will tell them what they want to hear. Come on, come on. So when somebody is telling you what you don't want to hear, you throw your hand in the air. And say, that's not my nini. Me, you don't talk to me like that. Me, you don't. And now, you're making your life harder. And you will die in the middle. Come on. You will die in the middle. I was driving with my boy in Kisumu, Ibrahim. And I told him, do you know the secret why you are far? It's because you, I don't need to be on the pulpit to give you an instruction. That even when you are driving, I tell him, do this. 
He says, the way you've told me, I just go and do it. But some of you wait until the unction is there. When I've told Pastor Wandera, rise up. I've told so, and that's the time you're saying, I see a woman here. Yes, Pastor. Yes, Pastor. That's deception. That's not, that's not discipline. That is responding to an atmosphere. It is not the attitude of your heart. And when you look at him, I, I never even need to be in a service. I just say, okay, you now move this way and then do go do this and then now do this and then do this. As you have said it, that's what I will do. I don't even need to be in a service. I don't need to be preaching. And because of that, the laws of being with you is with him. So the end are for the taught to respond to command. Hello. So you look at his life. He doesn't have everything, but he has everything. Come on. But there are people who come in, they get troubled here and there. So two weeks you're here, three months you're there, you come to your senses. When you've just left being troubled, you come back, now you're offended. You hear you're offended. And that's why many people cannot settle down, because everybody can teach you. Somebody says, oh, Zach, come, I have another pastor here. Who shall I meet? Shanga, what are you talking about? My pastor recommends my diet. Come on. Yeah. Ama? Yes, sir. Ama yes, sir. You see, if you see a newborn baby going to the kitchen to cook, you know that's the last day you will see them. Ama? Yeah. No child is born with skills. Skills are acquired. Kitomba yes. yes. here is playing the keyboard. He wasn't born with a keyboard. He didn't come out. That's a skill. Skills are acquired. And you cannot acquire a skill in a random environment. Hey. The Bible says skills bring much success. And if you want more success, you need to find the skills. And how do you find skills? You must be in an environment where teaching is commanded. And because many of us don't know how to respond to command, you are taught, you go, you see, when I'm teaching, people say I'm blessing them. But my true power is not when I'm teaching, is when I'm giving you counsel. When I tell you like Peter, you see, Peter caught the most fish without Jesus quoting a verse. Jesus came and taught from his boat, a boat like this. And then when he was done, he said, now go back and catch. That was not a verse. When Jesus told Peter, launch into the deep, that was not a verse. It was not a verse. It is not in Psalms. It is not in Ezra. It is not in Proverbs. But Peter said, but Lord, I have toiled the whole night. And that's why many people in the church are poor. Because they are operating under toil. Bishop Nimeshikana. Oh, Bishop Nimeshikana. You are operating under toil. So somebody is teaching, oh, until you start saying, that church takes so much of your time. What is that church doing for you? The Bible says, and Jesus taught on that boat. And many of you, when you're sitting and you're being taught, you may feel as if you're doing nothing, but your net is being prepared for a catch. He taught until Peter could respond to command. He broke the resistance in Peter. Then he told Peter, now you can go back and catch. When you're going to catch without that spiritual teaching, even the fish does not respond to you. You are educated, you have a diploma, a degree. Ukona mdomo, ah! yake. But when you look at you, you talk big, you talk things. But hipo ina kuangalia, ah, that one, no, 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 this one is too wonderful. But 
Jesus taught until the rebellion was broken. So that when he told him, lounge, he was now operating at nevertheless. He said, Lord, toiled all night, nevertheless at your word. At your word, not at my toil, at your word I will go. And he caught a lot of fish. Tonight I break that middle level spirit. I break that middle level spirit. My children shall not be scattered. Our children shall not be poor. Our children shall not be broken. They shall enjoy authority. They shall enjoy dominion. They shall enjoy grace. They shall enjoy power. We release the wisdom for the middle. It is a secret of life that it is the commanded that reign. Ah. If you call and say, if you measure success by how much money somebody has, you are deceived. Because there are people with money who are not rich. Because they cannot be taught. They cannot be commanded. So, lo, I am with you always. So, whatever you are taught attracts a spirit that accompanies you wherever you go. Many people in the churches are Gehazis. They are serving but they are serving with an independent spirit. They are around, but they are not within. And so they still make you, when, when the instruction is left, Gehazi went after Naaman and said, hey, the man of God changed his mind. He changed his mind. He could not be commanded. When he came back, Elijah told him, was my spirit not with you? Because you cannot produce without a spirit of production. Was my spirit not with you? Naaman gave you, but my spirit was also there when you were being given. And automatically, a leprosy came upon him. It says here, a secret of wisdom is this. Let me read this. Matthew 24, verse number 45. I'll read this. Time is up. Matthew 24, verse 45. For you to survive in the middle. The Bible says, Matthew 24, 45. This is how we shall break through the middle. It says, who then is a faithful and wise servant? You see, wisdom is proven by faithfulness. Not betrayal, not dissidence, not trouble, by faithfulness. Now, if you are faithful, the Bible says, whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season. Hear me. Your food is in your faithfulness. And your faithfulness is a sign of wisdom. Though in the moments of being faithful, it appears foolish. Aye. When you are faithful, to others you are very foolish. When you are faithful, you appear foolish. I remember I was telling somebody when they were doing their business and I told them, don't make your business where people come to hang out. Can you do what they are coming to do at their offices? Was it you? Why are you making that people loiter during the day, then in the evening they come and hang around there? Now tell them tomorrow I'm coming to your office. You see, they'll tell you, no, don't come. Because they know 
they will bring the lawlessness around you and class values order. And order precedes class. So I told them, you are cheapening yourself. When you make people come at you, you know, we, 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 we hang around here. We love when our people are working, whether it's in the studio, whether it's whatever they're doing their things, that we tell them, teach people that you don't, we're not hanging around. It's a sign that you're faithful to your task. But guess what? It looks like foolishness. When you're telling them, hey, by the way, we cannot do this here, but that is how you become a ruler and you're given food in your due season. Yesterday I saw her, she was at the 11.22 program. She's doing her things, living her life. She's able to retain and sustain. Because those who can party with you cannot do business with you. But those who will do business with you will be thrown out by those who want to party with you. And the Bible says this, woe unto you if your ruler is a child. And many people are children with money. Why? The Bible says they feast at the wrong time. Wanakufundisha kusherekea na ujatosha. Bado we ujatosha. Lakini wanakuambia, ah wewe wacha, ah wewe. They feast at the wrong time. They trouble you. Come on. They get you offended. And then they end up by giving you a false teaching that makes your love grow cold. If anybody can teach you, you will not survive the middle. You will hear at all those wars happening around. If you retain your path and you retain your purpose, there is food in faithfulness. I say there is food in faithfulness. There is food. God has no problem with making you a ruler. But if you are not faithful, your seasons will pass you by. I speak this with a lot of pain in my heart because now in the middle, I'm getting feedback of people. Oh, so-and-so is doing this. Oh, so-and-so is doing this. Oh, so-and-so is here. But when you saw the confidence of how they spoke and how they behaved, you would think they know what they are doing. Because when lawlessness comes in, it targets your love, your first love, your true love. The people who love you, they will discipline you. The people who love you, they will discipline. They will tell you, value, what are your priorities? These people who are telling you stay woke, they are not woke. I, team woke. Team, they are not woke. Because if they knew, they would not tell you. You would ask them. But because they are eager to tell you, it's because it is not working for them. I challenge us as we are getting into our second half of the year. Tomorrow we are here for Infallible Monday. On Tuesday we begin Jire. We are going to be teaching and teaching and teaching all through Sunday. And one thing I want you to know is that you cannot survive the middle if you are lawless, if you are restless, and if you are offended, it is a strategy of the enemy. It is a strategy of the enemy. In your being offended, you will turn and go back. In your being offended, you will divide. In your being offended, you will rise up against. But if you keep yourself faithful by being wise, 
you will simply find it's December. We are dedicating your car. It's December. We are dedicating your house. It's December. You will be looking back and saying, 2020 began black. But at the end of the year, the people who are team work will be asking you, Mse, unakakitu, manze form siyo poa. Mse, nikuapa ivina nime. You will be hearing by the end of the year because there is food for the faithful. When the seasons change and your food appears, you will say, thank God I stayed faithful. It looked foolish. If being a woman is hard, how will you be a Christian? We have made the Christian easy. If you are born a woman and you became a Christian and you want to claim you are now a Christian and you are struggling as a woman. If the dictates of scripture prescribed for you as a woman are hard, but the ones that talk about favor, power, those ones are good. The same scripture that says you shall receive favor, that the Lord will bless you, is the same scripture that says, wife, submit. It is part of the Bible. That verse that he said, oh, God is saying, I, I was in, the, in my prayer and God said, launch out into the deep. That Bible that said launch, if you read it, still has. Why? When you're faithful to the scripture in a car like Nini, foolishness. Yeah. But the wise are faithful. I remember I was sitting with one of my boys and I told them, Ujanja, and I'm speaking in Swahili for those who are in foreign countries. I was telling them, Ujanja, do fundisha mtu ujeuri. But ujeuri, aina ujanja. Ujanja itakusaidia na watu wadogo. But itakufanya ukwe mjeuri. Ujeuri ni false confidence. Ujanja ni trickery. Nambia hii trickery, tricks. Eye service, lip service. Mini mtu wako, mini mtu wako. Lakini, you learn trickery. Behind, it gives you false confidence. The Bible calls it boastings. And then, you discover that there are traps for the proud that blinded even you yourself. When you come to your senses, that was an open hole. How come Sikuiona? I challenge you, we are in the middle. As you're starting our year 20, as the second half of 2021, the first love is this. This is our year of sowing. On Tuesday, we are doing our building service. I wanted to prepare your offering for Tuesday. Those of you who want to stand with the work, we are going back to construction. We want to finish that work and finish that church and move over to another. We wanted to prepare. We wanted to say, yes, I'll do it. I'll do it. Oh, it is a commanded thing. God will give me authority over his household. He's asking from my house so that he can give me from his house. I will do it. I don't know. The man of God has commanded for it. I will do it. I will do it. And you shall see your food is found in you, in you being faithful. So on Tuesday, we are doing that particular service. Tomorrow I'm here for infallible night. And I'll be teaching here and preaching here. So you better get ready. So we want to go back to the band. These wonderful people, these blessed people. I want to go back to the band. I want you to get to the pay bill. The pay bill is 200302. Go to your pay bill, 200302. I want you to give tonight. Those of you who are tithing, the blessing of the tithe. Remain faithful in the middle and you will have your food in the end. Don't try to trick God and say, where well, God, uh, just be faithful because he's a God of the faithful. 
He will bring you through. So we want you to go ahead and give. The payment number is 200302. And we want to be here to pray with you and tell you that the lawless one will not have you. Lawlessness is born out of the love of many growing cold. I am here to bring back your love. We are coming back. There are those who will think we are not coming back and it's the end. It's not the end. The Bible says in the book of John, the end will come when the gospel is preached. Everything was being done so that the preaching of the gospel cannot come from your life. So that you stop preaching and you start spreading rumors. You stop preaching and you start spreading offenses. You stop preaching and you start walking in lawlessness. But when the true one has come, you begin to preach the gospel. And I cannot wait to see the three that you will bring when we open church in Jesus' mighty name. So God bless you. We want to get to them and uh, go ahead and give in the spirit of excellence in Jesus' name. Amen to the band. You are God from beginning to the end. There's no place for arguments. You are God all by yourself. You are God from beginning to the end. There's no place for arguments. You are God all by yourself. Well, I want to pray as you're closing the service and Miss Ngati is coming to send us away. But I want to pray for us tonight and to remind you tomorrow in the morning we are coming in at 4 a.m. in the morning. We are right in the middle. And right in the middle as we come to the last day of the month to start the second half of the year. It is the time that you tell the Lord, oh God, remove from me a troubled heart. Because the Bible says, if you believe in God, let not your heart be troubled. Because troubled people create trouble. Troubled people scatter trouble. Troubled people give in to rumors and, and fall into rumors. So we want to come and pray for that tomorrow. And go ahead and pray and tell God, protect me from the offended heart. Let me not be offended with my church, offended with God, offended with my husband, offended with my wife, offended with my boss. Let me not walk in offense because that will make me rise up against them. And tell the Lord to remove from you the lawlessness that makes your love to grow cold. That you may be able to be effective and fruitful for every good work. So I pray, Father, as your people tonight, as they've listened to your word, I pray for the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich and addeth no sorrow to rest upon them. I decree the blessing upon the tither, that Lord the devourer is rebuked. And as they have tithed in faithfulness, let their food produce, for it is their due season to be rewarded in the land. I bless them with the blessings of the Father, the blessings of the church, and the blessings of the man of God to rest upon each one of them tonight until we meet again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Over to Ngatia as we close the service tonight. Amen.